you know, when convenience stores were getting into Delhi at first, they putting it in the, you know, they would build a kitchen in the back of the store and they put a counter in the back of the store. Well, guess what? You know, it didn't work. Or in most cases, it didn't work. And, you know, why? Because first of all, labor, you have to have somebody manning that thing the whole time. Secondly, you're only getting those people who are hungry to go back there. You're missing all the upfront impulse. Pizza in convenience stores, that's impulse. Chicken is impulse. You know, anything you put on the counter is impulse. So if you can put it on the counter, put it on the counter. Yeah, counter is the most valuable real estate in a convenience store. Welcome to Winning at Work, the podcast for foodies, founders, and food and beverage professionals. You know, if you wanted to discover a new brand, a new food or beverage to try, there are literally thousands of companies out there. It is very difficult to do that. That's why we curate the different, the better, and the special brands here each and every week so you don't have to do the heavy lifting. If you're a founder and you're looking to connect with other like-minded executives, we make that very easy. And if you just work in the food and beverage industry and you're looking for fresh inspiration, we have that here in spades. This episode is sponsored by Temple. Congratulations. You're selling in retail, but the competition is fierce and your brand is surrounded by similar products. How will consumers find you? Let Temple show you an innovative retail sales solution. Click on the Attract Consumers link below. Need to attract great employees? Click on the Hire Now below and we'll show you how to use your culture to help you stand out. Stay tuned for this week's episode. Welcome to Winning at Work, everybody. You know, if you're on a road trip, you're obviously stopping in convenience stores or gas stations. Obviously, you're going to be, you know, picking up your gas. You might run in and check out maybe a beverage. You've noticed there's a huge trend happening in gas stations is that they are now incorporating more and more food. Um, Where I am up in the mountains, you've all heard me talk about, um, I kind of joke about the, uh, gas station subway i've joked about these other places because we don't have a lot up here so i'm noticing like inside these gas stations we're getting more and more food dan i don't know if i was reading this if it was forbes i forget where i saw this article about you but it was like the best chicken chain you've never heard of something there was some like really really clever title i'm like wait a minute i'm in food and beverage i've heard just about all the different chains. So I'm researching, researching more and more into Dan Shapiro. He's the CEO of Crispy Crunchy Foods, which is a chicken chain inside of, of, of um, gas stations. I had never heard of it. I'm so glad you're in today to tell us about this phenomenal chicken that either people love it or they've never heard of it. Welcome in. Thank you. So it's a... We say it's a mild Cajun flavoring. In fact, we say it's uh, Cajun enough to be interesting, but not enough to hurt. (laughs) Um, Not enough to hurt. Right. And so we started in convenience stores. We're basically still in convenience stores, although we've opened in some Walmarts recently. So it's in convenience stores and we're currently in about 2,800 nationwide, although we started in Louisiana. Um, so they're going to, it's going to be fried chicken uh, for mainly. Now we have sides and we have jambalaya 
We have New Orleans style red beans and rice, which is a smoky, creamy red beans and rice, which mm. if you haven't had it, it's delicious. Mm, I should um, not be talking to you right now at lunch. Yeah. I really shouldn't be talking to you. And right then now. we have the normal, you know, mac and cheese and mashed potatoes and gravy and, and you know, that sort of thing. But it's biscuits it is, and biscuits and honey butter biscuits. Thank yes. you for reminding me that. So, that, so I mean, that's like comfort food. That's like pure Southern style comfort food. How did this start, Dan? Was this a was this a family recipe? What kind of got you into this in the first place? So it actually started with a guy in uh, a guy named Neil Anabain in uh, Lafayette, Louisiana. He's he's the one who actually came up with the flavor profile. He's a Cajun. All Cajuns can cook, or so they think. And you know, he came up with his, the own marinade, and then. I got involved and I've been in convenience stores pretty much my whole working career started as a third shift cashier and uh, worked my way. Third shift, uh, that's hardcore. Yeah, and believe me, I've done everything in convenience. You've probably seen it all too. Yeah, including running companies. So, you know, everything, you know, from here to there. And I got involved and loved it. Um. And it was main, we mainly just grew in South Louisiana. And then in 2005, August of 2005, Hurricane Katrina hit and virtually took us down as a company. You know, we were pretty small back then. And uh, so we decided, let's see if we can grow this thing nationally. And that way we can be geographically diverse so that a natural disaster, whatever it is, whether it's, you know, fires or hurricanes won't, you know, take the company down. So in, really in 2006, we decided to just start growing and mainly convenience stores, although we're in a few casinos, we're in some universities and colleges, a few. Um, and like I said, we, you know, we, we actually opened our s- seventh uh, Walmart. So it's, we're just, it's small and, and we think it's growing in, in Walmart. So, um, so yeah, it's great chicken. Uh, people, what I, what I find is people either think it's the best chicken out there or they've never heard of it and doesn't seem to be much in between. And I will get random. I mean, it's so whenever I fly, I always have my crispy crunchy logo on and I will just get, you know, TSA, I'll go through TSA and I'll have somebody from TSA say, oh, we love your chicken, you know. <laughs> and I was on a uh, Southwest flight fairly recently sitting in the aisle. And as the flight attendant walked by, he leans down and says, love your chicken. And then just kept walking. <laughs> it's just like a quick. Right. And I, as he came back, I said, where are you? He goes, South Florida. Um so that was that was cool. And then uh, I recently bought a uh, through the company, I bought a vehicle and I was having some issues trying to figure out how to save a, you know, a, a, something on the GPS and I couldn't figure it out. So I called Ford after 15 minutes, got through to the person that could help a woman. And she said, give me your VIN number. So I gave her the VIN number and she goes, crispy, crunchy. Aren't you guys? The ones in the gas stations? I said, yeah. She says, you have really great chicken. So it's just so random. It is. We love it. You know, we love that. Well, you know, particularly here in the South, I mean, you're competing with some really big chicken brands. 
and they're very well established and you, we all know who they are, you know? Sure. And, and I think it's, I think it's fascinating that you're really, you are ahead of the curve because after COVID when food service and so many things shut down and we're having trouble, everyone went to the convenience store. Let me tell you. Um, I bet you had a uh, hockey stick experience. <laughs> we did. Um, you know, for the first couple of months, you know, March is when it all hit, March of 2020. And of course, everything went down at that point, you know, and everybody was trying to figure things out. And then it boomed. And uh, virtually every CEO of a convenience store chain I talked to said that 2020 was a banner year for them. Um, and it was the same thing for us because we had people who had not been in convenience stores come in because everybody's trying to figure out food, right? And think about some of the small towns where the restaurants shut down, the, the bars shut down. Well, the convenience store is still open because it's an essential business. Right. And we're in there. Yeah, I think it was, again, one of those unintended consequences. I was talking to another CEO. He said he wasn't smart enough to be that good. In other words, you know, it was who who could have known that that was going to be the one place that was so um, so in demand. So this recipe, this Cajun recipe, is kind of filtered over into the other menu item me, uh, menu offerings. How often do you go through menu changes, or are you you've got your core six seven? Let's not upset the apple cart. So, yeah. So we first, um, so it started very pared down, you know, it was basically chicken and we had bone and chicken and we had chicken tenders and that was it. And then we, we added jambalaya to that. Um, and, um, you know, after that we added red beans, you know, so we just sort of, you know, marched along and then, you know, should we add, you know, mac and cheese? We actually, to be honest, we thought we overdid it. You know, because remember, these are this is convenience stores. You know, this isn't a restaurant. So we're actually looking at maybe paring down some of our, uh, you know, we have boudin balls, which. Uh, Wait, what are they? Boudin balls. Do you know what boudin is? I don't. So boudin is big in South Louisiana. Boudin is basically it's, um, C- it's Cajun sausage and rice in a ball about the size of a golf ball, fried, breaded and fried. <laughs> and, and so we, uh, it's everybody in, in South Louisiana loves it and knows what it is. Yeah. I, I remember one of the first places we introduced it was we had a, um, this was up in Kansas city. Um, and there was a truck stop up in Kansas city and, uh, so we put boudin balls up in Kansas City uh, in the men, you know, just because that's what we did in South Louisiana. So we had in the in the hot food case, we and we labeled everything, um, you know, chicken, you know, bone in chicken, you know, thighs, wings, tenders, jambalaya, boudin balls. Well, un, we, what we didn't think about was up in that part of the country at certain parts of the uh year they do mountain oysters so people were coming in we had people coming in asking so what kind of animal is a boudin right 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 yeah so we're like okay we got to first of all we need to change the name so we called them boudin bites after that 
And um, so, but you know, one, what we find is. <laughs> what animal we, part is this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you got it. <laughs> you can fill in the blanks from there. Right, right. Exactly. Cause we're like, yeah. So um, that's hysterical. anyway, so it's one of those things that once we get it in people's mouths, um, they love it. I have a, uh, a story with the, with the red beans and rice, which are, I'll tell you, if you've never had this, it is delicious. Um, I mean, if you're not from this part of the country, from South Louisiana and you, you know, red beans and rice doesn't sound that good. Right. But we were in Phoenix, we were at Cisco, um, you know, which is one of our distributors. And, uh, this is back when we were just opening that, uh, that market. And so we were in the Cisco kitchen and we were cooking up everything and including the red beans and rice. And the executive vice president of Cisco was a woman. And she said, uh, you know, I offered her the red beans and rice. She said, no, 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 I don't eat beans. And I said, are you allergic? And she goes, no. And I said, well, just try it. I'm watching her and she's eating the beans, the red beans, as we're talking. She gets to the bottom and now she's scraping it out. <laughs> and uh, I looked at her and she looked at me and she said, this is really good. So anyway. I just I just love the fact that this is like you say, it's either the best you've ever had or you don't even know it exists. So how do you market it? So here's the theory, right? So, so here's, you know, here was our theory. Now we're changing it a bit. All right. But as we remember, convenience stores, right? So the theory was brand it up, make it look like it's real. It's not somebody's brother-in-law in the back room cooking, you know, look like it's a real, you know, franchise QSR um, in the store and and it'll sell. And the theory is, or the, the, the model is put, you know, put our concept in a place where people are already coming for a different reason, brand it up, and then, you know, it'll sell. So we don't spend a lot of money. In fact, not a lot, well, very little money on advertising. You know, we don't, because unlike say Popeye's or KFC or, or, you know, McDonald's or any of those guys, we don't have to convince you to pull into our, our our parking lot. You're already there for a different reason. And what we do is we brand it up and we'll get a percentage of those people coming in, you know, to buy it. Plus the fact that we're part of a business, we don't have to do that same kind of, and we don't do the same kind of volume that a Popeye's or a McDonald's does. But, you know, it makes the operator enough extra money that it, it's worthwhile. The other thing we've discovered is that when we put it in a convenience store, their merchandise sales go up for a couple of reasons. One is you're not going to come in, you know, for your cigarettes and then buy chicken without buying something to drink. So, you know, your fountain drink and your drink sales will go up. But in addition to that, what happens is when we put our concept in a convenience store, we try to create buzz in the area, you know, coming soon and everybody, you know, so you'll get new people in the location just to see what it is. They'll keep a percentage of those customers. So now they have some new customers coming in to buy their beer, cigarette, soft drinks, get fuel, et cetera. Yeah. So when you say merchandise, you just mean anything in the store. You don't Correct. mean you didn't. I want when you said merchandise at first. I'm sorry. I, w I was thinking branded merchandise like shirts and hats but you're just no no no. Uh, yeah sorry convenience yeah 
anything. Beer, cigarettes, soft drinks, chips, candy, whatever, getting you know, lift. whatever they came in for. Yeah, they're getting a lift all the way across. So how effective then is if you do market at the pump, have have you found that to be like putting the flyers and the tags and the you know wrapping something outside? Because look, a percentage do they don't go in? They don't. Yeah, that's a good question. It's moderately effective, a, a bit effective because there are people that yeah, I'm going to pull up at the pump, I'm going to pay at the pump, and then I'm leaving. You know, so how do you convince that person to come in? And so it's a percentage. I think it's not a big percentage, but everything, you know, think about this. If, if 20%, which is about the right number, if 20% of the people that walk in that convenience store buy chicken, if we can get that 20% to 22%, we've increased our sales by 10%, you know, in that store. So how can we do that? You know, so, um, you know, one of the things that we talk about doing in a convenience store is put the hot food case on the sales counter. Why? Two reasons. Saves on labor, you know, because you don't have to, it's not somewhere else and you have to have somebody standing there manning it. You know, you can use that cashier who's, you know, ringing up the cigarettes as well as, you know, grabbing the chicken. Um, the other thing is it, it increases the impulse. You know, if I'm standing there, you know, ready to pay for my whatever I got and I'm looking at this well lit, well, you know, stocked, you know, and it must smell fantastic. right. And I'm like, God damn, that looks There's good. Some chicken right you know, there, you know? <laughs> you know, yeah. Give me a couple of those tenders. So, um, yeah, you know, uh, I'm convinced that a, a big percentage of our business is from people that walked in the store with no intention of eating and the fact that it's there. Yes, I would think that would be high. That's the impulse buy. It ta- it looks so good. You're getting a drink. Why not throw a chicken leg in there or whatever? Right, exactly. And, and some of those beans. I think it's fascinating. Um, and of course, now you're giving more revenue, more opportunities to that operator. So let's talk about really how do you go to market with this strategy? You mentioned Cisco. So obviously you're working with some of the big boys when it comes to distribution. But when you get into identifying and talking to new operators, what's working for you guys, Dan? So there's, yeah. So first of all, just, you know, you know, we're in 2,800 C stores. We will, we will open probably close to 500 stores this year. Um, you know, and we'll probably lose 150, um, you know, cause that's just, churn, you know, we got a bit of churn. Um, there's 150,000 convenience stores in the United States. Um, about 90,000 of them are independents, which is surprising to most people. Cause think of that, think of what that means. Two thirds of the C stores are owned by somebody that has 10 stores or less. That's what's considered an independent. Um, you know, so it's not a circle K it's not a 7-Eleven, it's not a Wawa, et cetera. Um, so the white space that we have, as you can tell, is pretty big. Um, so we look at two things. So first of all, we have to vet the store. So what does that mean? Well, you know, they have to have a certain number of, it, it has to have a certain amount of foot traffic. Otherwise, it just doesn't make sense for the operator, you know, to spend the money on equipment and et cetera, you know, and, it, you know, 
so it has, so first of all, we got to vet the store. And then the second thing is we got to vet the operator. You know, we have operators that are good convenience store operators, but are really not very good food operators. You know, they don't get it, you know, and they don't understand this is not a roller grill program. You are, you have a restaurant. <laughs> You're not throwing an old dog on a Yeah, You have a restaurant in your store and you have to treat it that way. And so, and that's the tricky part. It's easy to vet a store because then it's just, you know, hell, it's just transactions, right? Vetting an operator is a little trickier, you know? So we go through some things to try to vet the operator and make sure we have a good operator and also that the operator understands what it is he or she is getting into. All right, Dan, there are, of these operators, what percentage would you say are already involved in food? Oh boy. Yeah. Uh, not that many. Now, let me give you a proviso on that because there's different kinds of food. So there's going to be, everybody's going to be involved in something. They're all going to have sandwiches in the cooler, right? Virtually all of them are going to have some sort of hot dog roller grill program because that's what everybody does. Many of them will have a some sort of pizza program. Um, you know, uh, many of them will have a little grab and go pro, you know, frozen, you know, type, you know, grab and go program that's, you know, done in the oven and put in the hot food case. Um, not many will have a full blown prepared food program, if that's your question. Well, I was just thinking, OK, you mentioned the pizza you mentioned. Well, I mentioned at the top Subway. I'm just thinking there's a percentage of these operators that already are involved in something a little more complex. And if you see an operator that has, you know, uh, fresh prepared sandwiches or pizza, do you look at that and say, there's an opportunity there for us to get in with what they're already doing, maybe boot out the other guys that are in there? Or do you look at that and say, let's go in there and be also part of what they're currently doing? How does that work? So we actually, so we have a fair number of um, locations where, so Hunt's Brothers Pizza is a big convenience store pizza. They're huge, huge. They're up here too. They're just about in every place I've seen. So we have a fair number of, of locations that are in, you know, locations that also have Hunt's Brothers Pizza. We, we find there's no downside to that at all. And in fact, an early, early story, and when I say early, I mean like 15 years ago, probably, we had a pretty good location off of I-10 in Texas. And the operator told me that he was putting Subway in. And I'm thinking, oh, crap. Well, he put Subway in and our sales went up. And that was surprising for us, um, or for me anyway, you know, and I thought about it and that said, you know, makes sense on two, you know, for two reasons. One is Subway is going to, you know, garner a trade if itself. So Subway will get some people stopping in, but also it's sort of a mini food court approach, right? If you and I are driving and, you know, you want a sandwich and I want chicken, we can stop there. You know, even if you're like, I don't want any chicken. Well, good. You get a sandwich. I'll get chicken or vice versa. So, you know, we find that it doesn't it doesn't hurt at all. All right. So you talk about the vetting process and going after the operators. What role do the distributors play with you? So we reached recently 
um, agreed uh, with a, did a contract with Cisco. So Cisco is our sole um, distributor now nationwide. You know, we've had a great relationship with Cisco for years, um, but we've just recently become all in with them. And one of the things that we've asked them to do and they're doing, you know, a pretty good job of, we say, bring us warm leads. And a warm lead can be nothing more than a Cisco sales rep walking into a convenience store and say something to the effect of, you know, we got a chicken program that might do well here. Would you like to learn more about it? And that's it. And if the guy says, uh, sure, you know, get his contact info, get it to us. We then make the connection, see if we can, you know, uh, make him a, a, an operator, a customer. Is there uh, any kind of a commission structure on that? Or You don't have to answer that if you don't want. I'm, I'm just kind of curious. As a sales guy, I'm always like thinking, okay, what's in it for them? Obviously, they're going to sell more. Maybe they make their margins just on the fact that they're distributing more now. Yeah. So I'm, you know, I don't know, you know, the ins and outs of, you know, Cisco's deal with the, you know, with the individual sales consultant, you know, they call them sales consultants, but I'm sure there's bonus programs that if they, you know, they get more stores, they get more, you know, boxes, they get more deliveries, but also we, what we do is, is, we give them a two hundred and fifty dollar Amazon gift card. Okay, that or, okay, that, or anyone that we got it can make you know into a uh, an operator. So you know. Okay, so um, that, that you've answered it. You establish kind of the guidelines that you want to provide back to Cisco for giving you the warm lead. Correct. As we start to wrap up, I think this this category is still untapped. And I've, we've had other guests on that, that have products that are selling in, in gas stations. Tell us just in general, maybe kind of a high level, what are the trends that you're just seeing happening right now? Many of them are trying to get into food and trying to figure out how to get into food because, I mean, there's margin and sales involved, you know, Traditionally, what has happened to convenience stores over, you know, the last 20 or 30 years is, you know, traditionally the big three have been fuel, um, cigarettes and beer. Um, Those are big pieces of their business. So cigarettes, everybody knows what's happening to cigarettes. Prices have gone up dramatically. Volume is going down. Um, Beer, what's happened with beer for convenience stores is is traditionally, you know, and I'm talking, you know, 25 years ago, you'd make 30, 35% gross profit on beer. That's because everything you sold was six packs and 12 packs. Well, guess what? Now it's 24 packs, 32 packs. So, you know, your, your margin on beer has gone down. Um, what's happened with fuel is credit card fees. Credit card fees are huge. Because, you know, they're making, they don't make margin percentage, they make cents per gallon, you know, so they may make, you know, typical convenience store may make, you know, between 20 and 30 cents per gallon. Well, you're also paying close to 3% on credit card fees. Well, if gas is $1.50 versus $3 or $4, you're still making your 20 to 30 cents a gallon, but now you're paying 9, 12 cents of that, et cetera, for 
you, you know, for your credit card fees. So guess what? Now I got to go find a new, you know, profit center. Where is it? It's food. So a lot of them are trying to get into food now. Well, what advice would you give to entrepreneurs that want to get into food and get into this category? So, um, I know that's a big softball. I, I, I know. And it's kind of like, where do I start? But I, yeah, I'm going to assume you're talking about somebody that wants to put food in their business. Correct. Um, so, well, no, not necessarily all, food in there, but no, I don't mean necessarily an operator, but I mean, you could be, um, you could be a brand, right. And you want to start selling your food into, oh, Okay. Kind of someone in your shoes, maybe not chicken, maybe just, but they, but they want to start providing food and food options to operators. So, yeah. So first of all, understand the, you know, whatever the convenience store, if it's convenience store or supermarket or whatever, understand their model, you know, and how does it fit in the model? And, um, you know, one, you know, it's got to fit and it's got to make sense um, for the operator. And, you know, one of the examples we use is, you know, when convenience stores were getting into deli at first, they'd putting it in, the, you know, they would build a kitchen in the back of the store and they put a counter in the back of the store. Well, guess what? You know, it didn't work. Or in most cases, it didn't work. And, you know, why? Because first of all, labor, you have to have somebody manning that thing the whole time. Secondly, you're only getting those people who are hungry to go back there. You're missing all the upfront impulse. Pizza in convenience stores, that's impulse. Chicken is impulse. You know, anything you put on the counter is impulse. So if you can put it on the counter, put it on the counter. So we have, you know, when we go into convenience store, we'll have, you know, convenience store operators saying, well, everybody wants to go on the counter. And we're like, well, no kidding, you know, because and we'd I'd, I'd tell them, so what do you want on this counter? You want this Bic rack? You know, you want this Tic Tac rack or do you want something that's going to do a thousand dollars a day at a 50 percent gross profit? You know, and the second thing is. If you ever want to get rid of anything, if you got, you know, a box of Milky Ways that's going to go out of date, what do you do? Put it on the counter. Why? Because it sells. So, yeah, counter is the most valuable real estate in a convenience store. I think it's great. Well, so you said you're you're targeting maybe 500 stores this year. What what can we look forward to in the future aside from maybe new locations to to try Crispy Crunchy? So great question. We're, you know, we're looking at, you know, some new, uh, not what we call non-traditional markets for us, colleges, universities, things like that. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're dealing more with chains, convenience store chains as well. Um, you know, traditionally independents have been our sweet spot. Um, and now, you know, we're still looking at independence, but we're also, you know, uh, looking to get into some chain, you know, larger chain convenience stores. I think it's great. Um, so if people want to go online and discover where they can find Crispy Crunchy, what's the best website to go to? And are you guys on socials? Do you do any? I didn't even ask you about that. Do y'all do any of those, you know, funny videos and, you know, try to get viral. Well, what? So 
You know what's interesting is we we have fans that have posted hilarious TikTok videos. So it's not what we do; it's what they do. <laughs> um, we are on social. You know, we are on social. Website is our website. It's crispy with a K, crunchy with a K. So crispycrunchy.com. Pretty simple. Pretty simple. And there's like a, a store locator. Yep, there is. That's awesome. And we got to keep checking about those towns nearby me. Maybe you need to give them a little kick in the pants and say, look. Right. Well, we got a couple. So. We got some food influencers that want to come by right. and try okay. this, this crispy crunchy. Dan, great talking to you again. And I, I'm just really, I'm, I'm thrilled that we can kind of expose more people to the the best kept secret. What? How, do you remember that article we're talking about? What was, I can't remember the- So it started, yeah. So the way it started was, um, oh God, what did, um, started with a Wall Street Journal article where they were interviewing a, um, one of the celebrity chefs and I'm forgetting his name, but um, in the article, he mentioned Crispy Crunchy and said that, you know, there's a little bodega, this is in New York, that had, sells Crispy Crunchy chicken. And he says whenever, you know, he has people from, you know, out of, you know, the United States come, he takes them there. He says, because this is America's fried chicken. And we were blown away. We're like, holy crap, you know, Wall Street Journal. Well, from there, Thrillist then did a, a, an article on us, and they're the ones who came up with America's best fried chicken chain you've never heard of. That's it. And, and there's our title for the podcast. Right. So <laughs> so we were, yeah, we were beyond excited when that happened, as, as I'm sure you can imagine. Oh, um, it's, it's, what every, it's what every entrepreneur wants is that great, great PR. Dan, great talking to you again here on, on Winning at Work. We look forward to seeing what comes next. All right. Appreciate it.